Well, good morning. You guys are amazing. You lost an hour of sleep. It started snowing, but you got here. You get a prize. You know what the prize is? You get to take a nap this afternoon. I'll be taking one as well. Well, we're glad that you're here. My name's Rob Perry. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. We're glad that you're here to worship God together with us this morning. Well, when I was in elementary school, I received an amazing birthday gift. I was, so elementary school, I forgot what it, what, 10? 10 is about elementary? I got a chemistry set. And it came with like all of these chemicals. It came with a microscope and the slides and knives to cut your specimens. This thing was amazing. It had a book with all of these uh, little experiments that you could do, chemical experiments. I'm not sure they'd sell this thing today. But I, I loved this thing. So I had, I had done all the experiments, and I even created some of my own, like what would a scab look like under a microscope? What would a scab look like if I added magnesium or zinc? Um, I'm probably sure I threw a booger on a slide as well. <laughs> I was young. But I remember sitting there one day, had done all the experiments. I'm sitting at my desk. The, the chem chemical portion was over to the left. The microscope with the slides are sitting there in front of me, and I'm wondering what I'm going to do next. I had a 10-gallon fish tank that had dirty water, so I was like, there's a good experiment. So I took the water, put it under the slide. It only confirmed why all of my fish were dying off. Um, but I had one fish left. And I thought, what would fish cells look like under a microscope? And everybody's like, no, you didn't. This was a tiger fish, a silver tiger fish that I called silver. And yeah, original. And uh, sadly, silver donated his life to science <laughs> on that day. And I know my mom and dad are going to be watching this. I'm sorry, mom and dad. Um, I never told you the details of that story, but it was my job to care after silver. I didn't own silver. My mom and dad bought all of those fish. It was my job, actually, to care for and watch over silver, and I failed. And I want to talk to you today, we're in the series called Timeless, where we're looking at Christian truths that have been true for thousands of years and that are going to continue to be true for generations ahead. That Christ followers before us not only understood these truths, but they believed them as true and they lived as if they were true and their lives were different because of it. And our life can be different because of these truths that we're looking at as well. But they're not going to be different. Our lives are not going to be different if all we do is understand the truth. We need to begin to believe them deep down in our heart and in our soul in order to have our lives start to have any difference in them. And so the story about my fish, Silver, it's funny. I got over all the guilt from that. I can use it in a sermon illustration. But I wanted to get us thinking about the fact that God has given us something to manage. 
He's actually given us two things to manage. Everybody on this planet, doesn't matter who you are, how much education you have, how little education, how much money you have, how little money you have, doesn't matter about the color of your skin, man, woman, what country you're from, God has given every one of us two gifts. And how we manage these things has a direct impact on our lives. How we view these two things that we're going to talk about, how we view them as if we view them as caretakers or not, it impacts all of our lives. It will impact the joy that you have. It will impact the contentment in your life, the peace. It will affect the relationships around you. So if you're taking notes, grab your pen. Here are the two things that we're going to talk about today. Talents and resources. Those are the two things that God has given everybody. And what we do with these two things, the thing, what we do with the things we've been given, that's what stewardship is all about. And we're going to look at today how God asked his, has always asked his people to take care of and manage the gifts and the resources and the talents that he's given them. And we're going to look at how Jesus assumed that. He even used stewardship to describe how he desires us to handle our talent and our resources. And so I'm going to ask the ushers to come down because I want to get Bibles in your hands as we go and look at God's word this morning. If you forgot yours or you don't have a Bible, just signal to the usher. They will give you one. It is a gift from the church to you. We'd love if you went home with the Bible. But as you begin to read the Bible, you quickly pick up on a group of people called the Israelites that were God's chosen people. And they got enslaved in a place called Egypt, and God sent Moses to free them from that. And he got them to head on to the land that he had promised them, but for 40 years, they ended up wandering in the desert because of their disobedience. And 40 years after they set out to go to this promised land, 40 years after that, they are standing across from this promised land. And God wants to speak to them before they enter the promised land. So he uses Moses to speak to them. And this is recorded in Deuteronomy, but Moses begins and he's saying, listen, we're about to enter this land. This is a good land. It's filled with springs and brooks. It's filled with natural resources. You're going to have a roof over your head. Your crops are going to flourish. And at the height of this speech, we read these words, God through Moses, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. He wanted them to remember when all is going well, when you step foot into this land and you have people around you, some of you will have more than others. But when you get there, I don't want you to get so full of yourselves that you forget me. I'm your God. I'm the one, and he reminds them, you can read all this, I'm the one that brought you out of that land. On that journey, I took care of you every step of the way. 
I proved myself good. I proved myself trustworthy. And I am going to continue to do that for you. He was giving him a timeless truth. And here it is. My talents and my resources come from God. Say that with me. My talents and my resources come from God. That's a perspective God intended for every one of us to understand. His words were strong to the the Israelites, but they were loving words. Because as you read it, what he was trying to do was prepare them well to live in what God had provided for them. You see, we need to make that shift. He's calling them and for us to make that shift from this is mine to this is God. This is God's given to me to actually manage. And when we make that shift on the perspective that this isn't mine, this is all God's, it affects our lives. It affects how we give. It affects how we serve. It affects how we invest. It affects how we love others. Jesus illustrated this same perspective and this timeless truth in the New Testament. He used it in several places where he talked about it. We're going to be in a story in the book of Matthew where Jesus is explaining about the kingdom of God. And he uses a story to illustrate this perspective that it's not ours And it helps us to understand what he believes about what we're to do with the talents and the resources that we've been given. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. So the, the man in this, this story going on a long journey is actually Jesus, and it's, it's about the truth that Jesus will return someday. And to those that were hearing the story, they knew this. He's coming back, but they thought it was to establish a kingdom here on earth, and they were excited to see what is my role going to be in this new kingdom. But in the middle of like sharing what the kingdom would be like, Jesus shares this story in a way that gives us insight on what he believed about how we are to use the talents and the resources that we've been given. And we see in the story that, you know, he leaves them different amounts of money, but he comes back and he's expecting them to have done something with what they've been given, what they've been entrusted with, because they didn't own it. They were given it to manage. So what's this mean to us, right? Okay, there's people in the store. What does this mean to us? Well, again, any sense of ownership that we think we have, it's an illusion. Because it's only temporary. Every one of us has been, talents can be 
financial gifts, resources, talents. We have all been given those, but for a time. It's only temporary. So if we think we own things, it's an illusion. We are managers of these things. So let's talk about talents. You are gifted to do certain things. You may not realize that. Maybe you, you know that, like you understood at an early age, you have certain talents. Or maybe some of you are in the process of learning what those are. But, but know this, you have been gifted by God with talents that he expects you to use. And talents and gifts are different than skills. With skills, you can learn those and, and practice them. But what I'm talking about, and I think you understand this, it's the way God has wired you. Right? I think we get that, that. It's the way he's wired you. Skill is something that's learned, but a talent is a gift from God. And all of us have them. But as we learn from Jesus' story today, they come with an expectation. And it goes like this, that you are given talents and about you are opportunities. And with those opportunities and talents come a responsibility. Let me put up a formula. It's a little bit easy this way. Talent plus opportunity equals a responsibility to use it. At a young age, I remember my mom calling me sunshine. Yeah, every mom calls their kids sunshine, right? Some of you are like, no, I don't, <laughs> right? My mom called me sunshine. She not only called me sunshine, she wrote on my lunch bag, rays of sunshine <laughs> on the back. I used to turn it around and face me so no, nobody else would see it. But she called me that, and she would tell me, we're from the north, so she wouldn't say Robert. She wouldn't say R. She'd say, Robert. Um, <laughs> Robert, you are an encourager. You draw out the best in people. You're such a ray of sunshine. And so she and my dad weren't the only ones that saw this in me. I had a catechism teacher who often told my mom when, when I would get picked up, she'd say, that boy someday is going to be in the clergy. He's going to be a pastor or something like that. And I started to see this gift that I had of encouragement. And others along the way, as I grew, started to help me see that. And as I realized what I had been given, there were opportunities around me at work, not when I was a pastor, I'm talking like when I was writing software, there were opportunities around me at work, at home, in my neighborhood, and it was my responsibility to take what God has given me and use it. And the opportunities were all around. Like just going and sitting and talking with somebody and just hearing what they thought their options were and and helping them see some different options that perhaps they didn't think of or see. To go visit an employee who was at the hospital and scared about what's going to happen. To go in there in the unknown and just talk about their fears of where they're at. There were opportunities all around. To my neighbor who seemed off to just go and say, is everything okay? Because you don't seem right today. 
You see, when I started to understand that I had a gift and a talent that God gave me, and I saw the opportunities around me, it's my responsibility to put that to work, to put it into action. And God has given you talents and gifts. You didn't create them. You came out of the womb with a personality and these talents and gifts. He didn't consult you when he was forming you and saying, what would you like? What kinds of things are you like? No, he gave you these gifts. They come with strengths and weaknesses, but God has gifted you with talents and gifts. And you may not know what they are, but you can discover them at any moment. We're going to help you do that in a couple weeks here to discover your gifts. But talent plus opportunity equals a responsibility on our part to put those talents to action in the opportunities that God has given us. Now, before I go to resources, I want to talk to parents, and I include myself in this, and I kind of just went through this with my kids in the middle of it. The best thing that we can do for our kids is help them discover their talents and gifts and to develop them instead of pushing them into what we want them to be a scholar, an athlete, or, or something that we want. Maybe go down this certain field because you'll make a whole lot of money. Certainly, we have to teach our kids, if you choose this vocation, it has this reality on your living. We have to do that. But the worst thing we can do is push them because they will end up talking to somebody, whether it's a pastor or a counselor, saying, I've gone so far down a road and a path that I never wanted to go. I'm miserable. It's affected me personally, spiritually, emotionally. What do I do? For us, we are responsible for the loved ones around us to help them discover and develop their gifts and talents that God has given them to help them see the opportunities and embrace them and use them for God. It's hard. As parents, Kim and I have gone through that. It's hard, but just hear that. It's our job and our responsibility to help them do that. And I know there may be some tension here now because it's one that I felt. It's like, I get all that, Rom. I get that God has wired me in such a way to be me, that there's some gifts and talents that I'm supposed to be using, but where do I go to be me? Because I don't like where I'm at. I don't like school. I don't like my job. And so what do I do? And I think the Apostle Paul gives us some great instruction. He was talking to the Christ followers in Colossae, and it was on Christian living and I think his words were appropriate to them, but they speak right at us around this very topic. Let me read them. Chapter 3, Colossians. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. You see, you are working for him no matter where you are. You don't like being a student, work at it with all of your heart. Don't like your job, work at it with all of your heart as you explore whether it is a wise decision to step into something else. 
You see, wherever you go, there'll be opportunities to use your talents that he's given you wherever you are. Let's flip over to resources, move from talents to resources. I want each of us to realize something. So I want you to repeat after me. I am rich. Oh, nice. Yes, you said, I was expecting, I am rich. And I'm gonna have to... No, we are rich. Most of us can say this because if you have a job, then you are in the top 4% of world wage earners. We are rich. I have an extra bedroom in my house. I have a room for my car at my house. You guys probably have these things. We're rich. I can go to another room to watch TV if I want. I don't even have to go to that room with the TV. I can grab this thing, a little phone that can act like a TV. We may not feel like we're rich, but we are. And remember that my talents and my resources come from God, even my money. As God reminded the Israelites, he said, I give you the ability to make that money. So here's another formula we need to remember. Resources plus opportunity equal responsibility. The three servants in our story, he gave them two resources, right? He gave them money and time for resources. Plus, he gave them an opportunity. And with the resources and the opportunity, that yields what? Responsibility. And what did they do? Well, two of them went to work and they doubled their money and they got more responsibility. But the one that dug a hole and did nothing got it taken away and got nothing added to it. And so when it comes to our resources, what I do with them directly affects how I am able to live my life. And if you and I look around and say, but God's given that person so many more resources, maybe it is because it has to do with what we are doing with what he has already given us, right? I think every one of us has to look in the mirror and say, God, how am I doing with what you have given me to manage? This is such an important topic. It's why we talk about generosity. We can worship God through generosity. Yes, our generosity together helps fund the mission, helping people connect with God. We get to bring locations to Wake County and into communities that don't have a church like LifePoint. Generosity helps that. It helps fund the mission where it goes. It helps fund the ministries. It helps fund within our church walls people who need assistance, whether with utilities and food. Generosity helps make that happen. It helps make it happen outside of our church walls for our community. But it's more than that from God's perspective. Being generous with our resources is something God designed for you and for me so that we could understand that he's the provider of all. And when we get that perspective on our talents and our resources, it changes our lives. When we talk about tithing here, when Donnie and other pastors talk about tithing, it's about giving 10% of your income to the local church. 
God talks about that he, he said, this is what you are to do. You are to give back to the local church. Jesus assumed that the tithe was happening. We look at the early church. They did that. It was just reflexive for them. And when we don't give, when we don't surrender the resources that God has given, the Bible calls that greed. And greed and generosity, they can't coexist. An easy test for us to understand, am I greedy? Okay, Rob, are you greedy? Start giving away more money. It's a great litmus test to figure out if we're wrestling with greed. It's also the solution to greed is to give more of your stuff away. What if I said, reach under your seat and you're going to find $100? Don't do it because we didn't do it. <laughs> Sometimes we do stuff like that, right? But what if you reached under there and there were 10 $10 bills? Would you t if I said, take them, would you take them? Some of you are like, absolutely, I'd take that, right? But what if I said, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait. Before you leave, we just give one of those back to me. You can go with the rest. Would you give me one back? Of course you would. Why? Because you didn't come in with that. And so you'd give that money back. And you'd take the rest easily. When I see my money as God's money, it is so much easier. But when I see my money as my money, it controls me. Make a shift here. I love French fries. I have a point to this. And I remember when my kids were younger, I would steal their fries. I apparently, if you're laughing, you know exactly what they, so I'd get a restaurant and I'd be stealing fries. Well, one of my kids, they, they don't do this anymore. One of my kids would grab the plate, pull it in. Dad, what are you doing? I'm having a fry. Those are not your fries. They're my fries. I'd look at Kim, I'd be like, they are not your fries. Matter of fact, I bought those fries for you. I could throw so many fries at you, you'd vomit after, or I could take them away. Those are the fries that I bought and I gave to you. How many times does God give us resources and talents, our gifts, and puts all of these opportunities before us and says, use them. That's your responsibility. And we say, no. You see, God is the one who gives. And we see in his story, he gave more to the ones who took it, the responsibility, seriously but he also took away. He can give and he can take away. I didn't treat silver the way I was called. I was to manage silver. It wasn't mine. And I failed that responsibility. You and I have the opportunity because God has given every one of us 
talents as well as resources. And he has put opportunities before us. Ask him to help you see those. And it is our responsibility to take that responsibility and put it into action, our talents and our resources. And when you do that, when you put talents and resources to action, people get helped, people are loved, people can get glimpses into Jesus, they start to experience forgiveness, reconciliation, freedom, addictions broken, marriages restored. When we take our responsibility, God is using us, him through us. May we take that responsibility seriously and use what he's given. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for giving, for giving us all that we have. It's our prayer that as we go from here today, that you would help us recognize, first of all, just a reminder, say, this is mine. This is mine, but I'm allowing you to manage it. Help us to see what you've given. Help us to see the opportunities and give us the courage and the boldness to just let it flow out of us and use it and you be glorified. In your son's name I pray, amen. Mm -hmm.